Welcome everybody. Yoga Sutras, Vibhutipada, third chapter, and we reached the end of our journey from head to heart last week. And we have one more Sainyama meditation and two sutras on results. So we're doing sutras 335 to 337. And I'm excited about 335. It's one of my favorite sutras. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Please show your support by liking, sharing, and commenting. And let's get started. Om One day Guru Nam Charanaravinde Sandarashita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Nishreya se jangalikaya mane samsara hala hala moha shantye abahu purusha karam shankachakrasi dharinam sahasra shirasam shvetam pranamami patanjalim Yogena chittasya padena vacham malam sharirasya chavaidya kena yopakarotam pravaram muninam patanjalim pranjaliranatosmi om asatoma sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amrutam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam karavavahai Tejasvinavadi tamastumavidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Om Namo Brahmavidyo Brahmavidya Sambradaya Kartribyo Namo Vamsharajibyo Namo Mahadbyo Namo Gurubhyaha Sarbo Paplavarahita Pragnana Ghana Pratigarto Brahmai Vahamasmi Om Tat Om Paramatmane Namaha Shri Patanjala Yoga Darshanam. We'll do each sutra two times. Atavibhuti Padaha Desha Bandhas Chittasya Dharana Desha Bandhas Chittasya Dharana Tatra Pratyayai Katanata Dhyanam 
तदेवाथमात्रसम स्वूपशून्यमिव सदेवाथमात्रसम स्वूपशून्यमिव सैन्यम थच्चयाज्ञालोक थच्चयाज्ञालोक तूमिषु विनियोग तूमिषु विनियोगयमतरंगेभ्य त्रयमतरंगेभ्य तदि बहिंगीज तदि बहिंगीज युथानोधसंस्कारोभवादुर्भावादक्षणचिताधपरिणाम युथानोधसंस्कारो अभिभव प्रादुर्भावादक्षणचिताधपरिणाम तशातवाहिता संस्कारा तशातवाहिता संस्कारात चिताधिपरीणाम सर्वाथताग्रतोक्षाधिपरीणाम ध्यापदेशमानुपातीधाधर्मानुपातीधाधर्मी क्रमाण्यत्वम्परिणामान्यत्वेहेतुःक्रमाण्यत्वम्परिणामान्यत्वेहेतुःपरिणामत्रयसैन्यमादतीतानागतज्ञानम्परिणामत्रयसैन्य
ಸಂಸಾರಸಾಕ್ಷಾತ್ಪರಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ವಜಾತಿಜ್ಞಾಸಾಕ್ಷಾತ್ಪರಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ವ
So today we're going to cover Sutra 35, 36, and 37 in the Vibhutipada. Uh, experience of oneness and understanding spirit through the other. That's actually 335. And 336 is a benefit. Uh, and 337 is a warning. So 336 is a benefit and 337 is a warning. A caution, a reminder of what the goal is. A lot of the content from the first and second chapter and up to the be including the beginning of the third chapter, is really a lot of conceptual information. Um, trying to kind of get us so we can wrap our heads around the yoga process. 
and understand kind of how we need to approach uh, ourselves psychologically in terms of developing through yoga. But the section we just covered from 17 up to 35 is actually really practical. It's actually specific things to do. And so what I want to emphasize, you know, is that it's, it's really intended to be something you, you actually do it. You actually look at Sutra 317 and you think about um, what it says about noticing and concentrating to, so that you can better notice and understand how your mind overlays its, its own knowledge on top of what you're listening to. You know, 317 is about the art of listening, becoming a better listener, a more careful listener. Right? And so is that something actually where it's recommended to practice? And 318, noticing your mood, becoming more aware of your mood, particularly like in your eyes or your facial expression. So that you you have you know a better understanding of what kind of energy you're putting into things when you're doing them. Right. So the whole list up to I won't go through each of them because then we'll run out of time. We'll take the whole class up. But um, but we've gone through them, and really you can't emphasize the value enough how valuable it is to to go through these things and actually contemplate them in the way and potentially each one of these is a sanyama meditation that means we need to spend time with our our whole being as much as we know how to apply our whole being to to organize and invoke our whole being our our asana our posture our breath our mood our eyes all these parts of ourselves our psyche and and bring them to focus on these different things that potentially has taken the time to list one by one as specific sainyama meditations. So they're not sainyama meditations until you actually do the sainyama meditation. Otherwise, they're just it's just more theory. But all the other stuff he gave, he spent so much time, a whole two chapters in, the first 16 sutras of the third chapter, giving us conceptual information, theory. And here he gives us a whole list from 17 up to 35 of things to, to focus your mind on. And the order he presents them in is very organic. To lay down the layers of the building or to examine into the layers of yourself. Feel through the layers, the dimensions of yourself. So, you know, the whole study of the Yoga Sutras should be gone through slowly so that you have time to actually think about it and let the ideas influence your, your practice and your development. Not just to read the book like it's a textbook and you're in school and you got to finish and you have two quarters to get through the class and um, and you just want to get a good mark and then say that you took the class and you have the credit. You know, there's no very little value in approaching the study of the Yoga Sutras this way. If, go through it slowly, 
come back to it every day or at least you know once or twice a week to feed the ideas the perspective of your mind with this stuff and and when there's things that seem practical to you you try to bring them onto your map bring them off your mat and integrate them so i encourage you to review the list if you haven't been doing that already um, but anyways sutra 335 uh really confusing sutra read like so many different translations of this sutra and talked to my yoga sutra teacher so much about trying to understand this sutra it's really confusing but I had another epiphany this week while I was preparing the slides for this for today and uh, yeah Let's go through, let's recite the sutra. Sattva Purusha Yoho Adhyanta Asankirna Yoho Pratyaya Abhisheshaha Bhogaha Parartatvat Swartha Sanyamat Purusha Jnanam Sattva Purusha Yoho Adhyanta Asankirna yoho pratyaya abhisheshaha bhogaha parartatvat swartha sainyamat purushaknyanam. So sattva means, uh, refers to our pure mind, the mind without the garbage in it. So our pure mind, sattva, and the life intelligence or purusha are are separate uh, in a pure sense yet the experience is that they are the same with this as the foundation sainyama upon our own purpose in relationship with the whole produces knowledge of purusha <laughs> what are they talking about what are we talking about? Let's go through the words first. There's a little bit of explanation along the way. So sattva is the, the purest uh, part of your mind. Right? Sattva, rajas, and tamas. So in this model, you can... There's different ways you can model the gunas. Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. In one model, you can put them in a cycle where Sattva goes to Tamas and then goes to Rajas and then goes back to Sattva. And it's this continuing cycle, like a fruit is, when it's Sattvic, it's ripe. And then when it starts to decay, the Tamas is taking over. And then it's compost in the ground and that gives rise to new life. So that's Rajas, the new life rising up out of the, the compost, the, the tamas. So, and then the, the life peaks again, has its right moment, and that's the sattva, so it goes around and around. Now, there's another way you can do it. Um, you're trying to re reduce and remove the tamas and the rajas from your system as much as possible and kind of extract out the sattva. 
quality. So the, when we're talking about sattva as the pure mind, it fits this kind of model, where sattva is like a, it's a purity thing, and if you can reduce or eliminate the tamas and the rajas, then the sattva can stand alone, right? So you get rid of all the all our baggage, all our garbage, our ego, etc. stuff, all our history. Right? That's why in the first chapter, Patanjali says, smriti um, parishuddhi, to again and again purify your memory, right? All that baggage that clouds over the sattva. So the sattva is like the, the blue sky. The blue sky is always there, even when the gray clouds are there, right? The sun is always shining and the blue sky is there, but the clouds are obscuring, they're obstructing our view of the blue sky. So that's the way you can understand, like the, you get the rajas and the tamas out, right? You get, you purify yourself from your history, your smriti, your memories, smriti parishuti, and then what remains is the purity that was always there to begin with. But we were kind of out of touch with it. There's a sutra in the, I forget, in the second chapter that says really what's trying to be liberated is, right, the sattva is already pure. Your, your soul is already pure. They don't need to be liberated. It's the mind and the senses that need to be liberated. The mind and the senses have become impure. So it's the seen part that needs to be liberated. So, Purusha, the second word, Sattva, Purusha. Purusha is the spiritual life energy or the, the life intelligence that organizes and animates things. Uh, and that's a compound. So, Sattva, Purusha, Yoho is a dual compound, these two together. Sattva, Purusha, Yoho. Atyanta means beyond measure. Something that's it's pure, it's gone beyond the, the, the measurable, the limits, beyond the, beyond the end. Really, it's anta is the word for end. It's actually cognate for the English word end, E-N-D. Anta, end, end, the word end, right? And, anta. Ati is a prefix, A-T-I, ati, which means like it's uh, extreme or beyond, as like there's so much of it, it's beyond, so beyond measure, atyanta. Sankirna, coincidentally, potentially use this word sankirna in that same section where he's talking about purifying the memory as a way to get into deeper states of meditation, concentration, or attention to something. You have to free yourself from the memory uh, or, or rise above it, become a little detached from it. Uh, so you're not having these reactions to everything that are based on habits, the way you reacted before, you're reacting again the same way. Uh, the way you thought about something before is the same way you're thinking about it again now. And so that's how you're seeing it. Um, so sattva, uh, smriti, the memory, parishuddhi, to clean again and again. 
So he's saying that in that sutra where he uses Sankirtana, it's all those things that the mind does, the, the words and the knowledge and the baggage that it carries along with it, it mixes it up. It's Sankirtana, mixes, completely mixes it with your perception, with what your what's coming into you in the present moment, right? It's getting completely mixed up with all your history, all your baggage. Asankirtana, so asankirtana means that it's, it's unmixed. In other words, it's pure. So this relationship between sattva and purusha, right, there's a special relationship between these two. Purusha being spirit and sattva being um, our mind. Right? If, we, if we take a sneak preview of what liberation is, how it's defined at the end of the third chapter in Sutra 355, it's sattva purusha yoho shuddhi samye kaivalyam. So kaivalya to be liberated from all the baggage, right? Is when the sattva and the purusha yo, purusha, shuddhi become equally pure. Shuddhi samye. Samye means equal. Shuddhi means pure. So when sattva becomes as pure as purusha, when you've cleaned up smriti parishuddhi, when you've done, you cleaned up to the point where the sattva is as pure as purusha. Then, kaivalyam sattva purusha yoho shuddhisamye kaivalyam. That's the last sutra in the third chapter, 355. So there's a special relationship between sattva and purusha. It goes beyond measure the purity of them is uh, beyond measure. Asankirtana. There's no more mixing up of the of our baggage, of our uh, defilements, of our um, afflictions and all these things. The glaciers, the Six spiritual enemies, all these different things, anger, lust, um, you know, or even just like you have an idea about somebody because you had an experience and you were really impressed by them. And then so you have this fixed image in your mind of that person being this great person. And so every time you see them, all you see is the image you, you molded in your own mind. Uh, instead of seeing them in the present moment for who they are at that moment when you're seeing them. And the same goes true for evil people, you know, sinners. You meet somebody, you have a terrible experience, or you, see, you hear about something horrible they did, and you mold this idea of them, and that becomes like your graven image that you worship. You can't see anything else except the image you molded. So here, a son kirana. It uh, doesn't have that mixed up in the perception. Sattva purusha yoho atyanta asankirna yoho. 
So this ayoho is, uh, we're starting to do on Sundays, we're starting to do grammar. So this ayoho is dual case. Sanskrit comes in singular, dual, and plural. So whenever there's only two things, like a duality, uh, then we use dual case. Pratyaya. Uh, do I need to go to the next slide? Go to the next slide. Sattva Purusha Yoho Atyanta Asankirana Yoho Pratyaya Abhisheshaha So Pratyaya and Abhisheshaha Pratyaya means the mind stream, the content that flows through your mind. The mind is just, uh, you know, it's the RAM in your computer. It's just got content flowing through it all the time. Pratyaya. Avisheshaha. So that content, there's a uniformity. Avishesha means without difference or uniformity. Vishesha means special or distinct. So here there's no distinction. It's become like homogenous. It's become uniform. So the sattva and purusha, because sattva has become asankirna, Right, it's unmixed, it's become pure. There's a a uniformity, be, there's a similarity between sattva and purusha. There's an experience of oneness. Bhogaha, pratyaya abhisheshaha, bhogaha. Bhogaha means uh, experience, bhoga means experience. So, bogi versus yogi, or bogus, right? Bogus in English means like it's not good, it's fake or not good. That's because bogi, right, from the Indian philosophy, uh, experience somebody who's an, an a sensationalist. They're just into experiences. They're externalist. Everything's externalized. They're looking for their happiness in their experiences. They're looking for, you know, the experiences as the cause of their suffering. They're not looking inside. You know, they're not cultivating wisdom by looking inside to see that, oh, I'm happy when this happens because I innately have happiness inside of me. And, oh, I'm suffering from this thing because I'm reacting to it because I have an aversion to it. I don't like it. And I'm, and I'm creating all this psychological layer upon layer upon layer of suffering on top of the, the situation is already difficult enough. And now I've just added a thousand layers of more challenges, my own psychological suffering on top of it. So that's the bogey is an externalist. He's looking to the experience as the cause of the happiness or the suffering. But here we're not really so deep about it. It just means experience. And potentially uses the word boga a couple times. And he uses it just to mean experience. You're having an experience. So the phrase... Pratyaya avishesho bhogaha. 
is having the experience of this um, oneness, or you're experiencing shunya, the emptiness, or the boundlessness with spirit and with your surroundings. So one thing that was really helpful for me along the, the journey to um, becoming enlightened, not just kidding, uh, but, um, but helpful in terms of like, you know, how to, how to direct my attention, you know, in a way that's going to help cultivate more insight and wisdom. Uh, Gurdjie said, first you learn to see God inside, and then it becomes possible to see God outside. Uh, and that was really profound to me. Uh, so kind of made sense on an intuitive level. Like if you can wake up your ability to see it, it's kind of like happiness, right? If you don't have the ability to be happy, then it doesn't matter what kind of experience you have. You know, somebody could throw you a surprise birthday party. All your friends and loved ones show up and surprise you with a birthday party. And But if you don't have the capacity to be happy, you're just a miserable person, then you can only be so happy, you know, be from that experience. Right? So first you have to, you have to learn how to wake that, that up inside of yourself and then you can start to see it outside of yourself so this process that we've been going through like from 17 you know all the yoga sutras and how to understand our mind and to focus on or take time to study our our issues and our you know of anger and impatience why we're so stingy, you know, not generous, why we, uh, all these different things and, and going through the list that Patanjali gave us using our pranayama and our asana to really hone our, our mind's attention in on these different sanyama meditations. Um, all these things are to help us cultivate this, this ability to awaken a different kind of experience from within ourselves which is there, but it's maybe more covered up uh, at different times in our life, you know, than at other times. And you see like kids, right? Little kids, they can get so excited. They can like just overflow with, with joy so easily because they haven't had all the layers of becoming adulterated, right? That's why we're called adults because we're fully adulterated. We get completely polluted. So this experience is what uh, this sutra is talking about. Right? But it, it doesn't come early, right? It comes after so much work. Right? And that's why the beginning uh, class, we wanted to think about the value of what Patanjali has presented to us so far. And the, both in a theoretical sense and then in the practical sense from 17 up to 35 so that we can hopefully we can go through these things and go through this step-by-step -step, um, process of the different meditations to get deeper into ourselves and get to a more joyous place that less encumbered by our, our baggage, less encumbered by our heavinesses that we 
we put on things, on our experiences. So one of my, my mantras to myself uh, lately is, it's, it's super simple. It's from the, the last verse of the Mangala Mantras, the, the Sarve Badrani Pashyantu. Sarve Badrani Pashyantu. So it says you must see, Pashyantu means you must see, uh, Sarve in everything. That means in everything, right? Not just the things you like and, the, and forget about the things you don't like, but in everything and not just the people you like and forgetting, you know, the other people you don't like. But in everything, you must learn, you must get to that place inside yourself right, where you can see in everything. Sarve badrani pashantu. Badrani means the auspicious. So that's really, I mean, it's such, it's a three words, Sarve, Badrani, Pashantu. Oh, that sounds so great. Like, yes, everybody should see goodness and everything. But if you think about it more deeply, right, that's really, a, that's a, that's a really high bar, actually. You know, we, we constantly like allowing different types of thoughts to prevent us from being able to experience that. Because that's something that has to come from inside ourselves. Not, nothing can give that to us. We have to look inside ourselves and see subtler and subtler and subtler layers of ourselves dampening our joy, dampening the clarity and the purity of our perception of the world. So then we can have this experience. So there's a lot of... of uh, Groundwork, a lot of uh, grinding it out to arrive at the, this place, and and we're we're just barely halfway through this the sutra, so it gets better. The plot thickens. Para. Para the next word. Para and arta. Para artatwa. Para means other, something other than ourselves. So our environment, right? or Purusha, something other than ourselves. And Artatva means the purpose or the meaning or the needs of that thing, of the para, of the other thing. Parartatvat, parartatvat. So what is the purpose of other things? Right? We have to tune in, right? How do we how do we find out what the what that is that the other thing needs or what its meaning is or what its purpose is? Depends on, right? There's different at different times you'll be approaching things in different ways for different reasons. So maybe it's what is the purpose of this material or the purpose of that person being here right now? Or what is the meaning of this sutra? Or, or what does that person need? What is what is what do the plants in my garden need right now? Uh, so it could be any of those types of things. Artha. Uh, and what Patanjali is doing here is he's giving like para artha the purpose of something else, and then swa our own. Swa is self. 
our own artha. Swa artha. Swartha sainyamat. So the sainyama meditation is on our own purpose. But not just on our own purpose, like when you're in an ordinary dualistic frame of mind, having a dualistic experience, right? That's why he had this whole thing set up, this whole preface set up for us before giving us what the sainyama is. So sainyama, when you're having an experience of oneness, right? If, you, if you're not seeing yourself as separate from the others, then when you focus on your own purpose or your own needs, then how's it going to be different than when you're in an ordinary normal experience? Anybody have any, any ideas? I think it's on the next page, so the answer is not there in front of you yet. It's on the next slide. Don't be shy. Christina, Joy, Michelle, Sunny, Alexis. What do you think the relationship between the, the purpose of the other and, and then doing Sanyama on the purpose of yourself is? You're going to raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more? There's no difference. Yeah, you are the absolute, the absolute you. Huh. The one. Right? I mean, to realize. I guess we. Think about yourself when you realize what you're not, then you realize what you are. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, I mean, that's, that's good. That's true what you're saying. But that's kind of more just like being up here and talking about the experience and what the ex experience is. So, so, so down here, like I'm thinking, like to me, it's like a symbiotic relationship where your needs are not separate from the needs of what's around you because you're part of what's around you. So when you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of yourself to make the whole thing function or to enhance the whole thing. Like if you're a garden, you live in a garden, but then your needs become for the whole garden to be vibrant. You're not just selfish. Like if you're in the dualistic thing, then you want to pull all the weeds around you because you think they're taking your nutrients rather than having like a, what do they call it? Companion planting, right? Where the, the plants have a symbiotic beneficial relationship with each other and actually protects the soil so that the soil has more biome in it, more bacterial and fungal biome matter in it so that it's much more vibrant uh, versus if you pull all the weeds out and then the soil is exposed to the air and it loses its organic content and then it loses its biome and then it starts to degrade and then you have to use chemical fertilizers because you had a dualistic selfish like I need those for myself like I don't have enough to share so you're looking at the whole garden 
or your needs are none, not separate because you can't actually exist separately. If you try to exist separately, like you can start with the air element, see if you can exist separately without the air element. It doesn't work. Uh, so we're, we're part. So a symbiotic relationship, a symbiotic sense of, of your own needs and purpose. And, and what's really curious is how then Patanjali says this leads to knowledge of Purusha. Right, so the, the unity is the foundation rather than duality being the foundation of how we function. Then the needs of others in our environment naturally become a, a part of our own needs, part of our own purpose. So we become attuned, but, you know, to the best of our ability, according to what kinds of things we perceive and understand. Just because we're enlightened doesn't mean we do everything, you know, is done like 100% the right way. Right? Every enlightened person has their own take on things. Doesn't mean that enlightenment is a, is a, uh, it's a hoax or that uh, they're not enlightened because they don't all agree on, on constructing a society in the same way, but uh, it just means, you know, there's a lot of biodiversity in the universe and that biodiversity also manifests in the way uh, people uh, become and evolve. You have a lot of biodiversity on Instagram and through the social media, that biodiversity has even infiltrated the internet. Not just in the ocean and on land and in the air. It's now in the internet also. So much biodiversity. It just goes everywhere. There's something going on. It multiplies and becomes so diverse. So the same is true with enlightened people or incarnations of Vishnu. All the incarnations of Vishnu are extremely different. So that's our Sainyama. Our Sainyama, if we're having this experience of oneness or boundlessness or emptiness, whichever way you want to, whatever name you want to put on it, uh, then Sainyama on yourself will be symbiotic with what's around you and leads to knowledge of Purusha. Purusha means uh, spirit, life, intelligence. Same as before. As up here. And Jnana means knowledge. I'm waiting to turn the slide because I see you writing. So. Don't worry. This sutra reminds of Sri Lamana uh, yeah, and we're not even enlightened yet, actually. This is just, this is a, a cornerstone, though, on the way. Yeah, it's, somebody asked uh, how we have to treat others, and Lamana Mahesh, uh. and there is no other. 
There is no yeah. other. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rare, rare soul. Somebody actually embodies that like he did. They say animals, like really like what they say in the Yoga Sutras, like animals that would be enemies, they, 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 like, they, they drop their enmity when they're around somebody who's fully established in Ahimsa. Like they say that happened around him. All kinds of animals around his ashram. So I believe that's it, yeah, for that sutra. So I may I may not be able to get through the next two without going too long. Uh, is that enough? Should we stop here? The next two are really easy, actually. So we can get through them and probably start the next section next time. Anybody else want have any comments or questions about anything? Sunny, what's your question? We'll do the Mangala Mantras. Oh yeah, so this is the, the line I was talking about. Sarve Badrani Pashyantu. Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahim Mahishaha Go Brahmane Bhyaha Shubamastu Nityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Bhavantu Kale Varshatu Prajanyaha Prativi Sasya Shalani Deshoyam Kshobritaha Brahmana Santinir Bhyaha Aputra Putrina Santu Putrina Santu Pautrinaha Adana Sadana Santu Jeevantu Sharadam Shatam Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarve Bhavantu Sukinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschittu Kabhagavet Om Shanti 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 Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Om Tat Sat Brahmarpanamastu Thank you. Have a great week. Have a good night. Pranayama tomorrow morning. Yes, Pranayama tomorrow morning. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>